being a Catholic doesn't mean just fulfilling the weekly requirements, going in and getting your your time card punched at Sunday Mass, you know, and just kind of marking time. You know, the whole point isn't that. The whole point is becoming a saint. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Every Knees Shall Bow, your seasonal Catholic podcast on evangelization. This is Mike Gomer-Gormley, and I am here with my homeboy, Dave Van Vickle. How you doing, Dave? I'm good. I'm good, man. At last, uh, my life has changed drastically since we last spoke. Yeah, so give us a quick update. <laughs> so <laughs> so, uh, so you're, 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 you lost your job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everything with illnesses got worse. Yeah, yeah, but... um. So just randomly, I, I, a friend of mine and a group of men are starting a new nonprofit and they were looking for an executive director. And I was like, Hey, you know, and it, uh, it's, it's like kind of right up the alley of, you know, stuff we talk about all the time, kind of like with the deep work movement and stuff like that. And it's a, they don't even have a website yet. It's called humanality, but basically it reorients people to their use of technology in their life. So it's awesome. I'm really excited and start February 1st and can't wait. Can't wait. Wow. That's awesome. If you need a junior executive. Yeah. I know a guy. That's you. I know a guy. By the way, thanks so much. All the listeners who sent job, like job openings to me. That was nice. Yeah. My boy, Ryan down here in Houston, he did. That was like the first thing he sent me a text. And before I even sent him a text back, he had already shot out the job description, (laughs) which he would have been perfect for, but whatever down here in yeah I, I know i want to move i love houston i would love that but you know yeah. could it fit both of us houston could it fit both of our egos and our personalities? <laughs> it is a big city it's rather rotund it can hold us uh <laughs> hey so let me just tell you a little bit of trivia about our guest today Ooh, here we when go I, when i first gave my life to the lord you know and got really interested in theology i used to attend his classes at the university of dallas and the institute for religious and pastoral studies institute so how did you do that? Did you, know, you do that? Did you do that? Uh, no, but you were my 14, did you go book. to his classes? <sighs> my parents got a lot of Scott Hahn audio cassette tapes. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Scott Hahn and Tim Staples. They both yell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special <laughs> guest today. It's Dr. Italy himself, Marcellino D'Ambrosio. Good Boom, job. nailed it. So happy to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and thank you for pronouncing my name so well. Yeah, you did great. Well, I took rigorous amounts of practice to make it happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're excited to have you on the show again. And the, the first time we had you on the show, you were here talking about a program that perfectly fits Every Knee Shall Bow, which is Jesus, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, and the series that you did uh, with Ascension and, and some other of the folks at Ascension. And the coolest thing is my mom started doing that out of her home as a Bible study with our, our Protestant neighbors. And two of them are contemplating coming back to the Catholic church. And the rest are realizing that Catholics are Christians because look at how amazingly beautiful they speak so well of Christ and, and all this stuff. So good on you. Good on you and the whole team there. (laughs) Well, you just made my day. That is phenomenal news. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, my mom asked me uh, a few months ago, they had just done uh, the Bible in a Year timeline, uh, or the Bible timeline, and uh, I'm getting all of Ascension's products confused. There's so many <laughs> great ones. Uh, no, but <laughs> I, 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 they, she had done the Jeff Cavins one, the Bible timeline, 
with them and they were like blown away so then they just gave her carte blanche to like you get to pick whatever we're studying for now on and so she came to me and she was like you know all of ascension press's catalog and i was like yes i do there's one failed program that i made that none of you should watch and then uh we i she's like what should we do next i was like this would be perfect because it fits where all the people are in their own walk with christ like let's just focus on the person of jesus christ and and everything kind of like flow out from that. And it gained legitimacy for those Protestants who was like, Catholics, are they really Christians? You know, so thank you for that. You are welcome. And it's my privilege and pleasure. And, you know, honestly, that's the point of that series. And that series is really connected to the one we're going to talk about today. Jesus is first. He's the center of everything. And um, he's the center of our faith. He's the center of our life. And Catholic really means fullness. So this series is meant to kind of help move from the center to, to the fullness of Christ. And that's that's really what it's about. Catholic really means Christian with nothing left out. That's kind of the idea. You know, it's I not like something that. other than Christian. Yeah, it's like Christian it. with nothing left out. Mm. It, it, isn't it interesting? So you said like, you know, it, it increased legitimacy of Catholics in their eyes that it's so interesting because for years it was like, well, we didn't find Jesus in the Catholic Church. That was like a famous line of Protestants. And yeah. now so many of these massively growing Protestant sects are getting away from like a good Christology, like a dogmatic Christology. Like they, mm -hmm. they'll say things that you're like, wait, what do you believe about Jesus exactly? Yeah. Like the church is going to have to save them from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it shocks me that like great figures like uh, William Lane Craig, who's a phenomenal yeah. apologist for belief in the existence of God and the historical reliability of the Gospels and stuff, denies that Jesus had a human will. Right. You know? well, and you're just like, wow, right. well, that's a random heresy to really pick out and dive deep on. Okay. Well, right. Yeah. And so you yeah, start like to see Bill this. Johnson at Bethel, he, he'll say things all the time that you're like, wait, can you clarify what you're saying here? Like, <laughs> you, I don't know if you believe what Jesus really like. Like an actual Christology, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So going from, to me, it's like the one-two punch, right? Like, here is the person of Christ. This is what he did. This is the gospel. Here is the life of the church. This is what we believe, right? This is how we live our lives. And y'all did such an amazing an amazing job with it. The way that we roll this stuff out here at St. Anthony's is like, oh, you're an oil rig worker? Because I'm in Houston, right? And it's like, you can't come to RCIA regularly, <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of the oil rig guys are 27 weeks on or 27 days on 27 days off. So they can come to a bunch of stuff. It's just, they can't come. They can only come to half. Right. And so, um, giving them that, giving them a set of DVDs and giving them a set, I mean, they all have high speed internet. So the online access and all that stuff is enabling them to track and keep their faith going in the midst of uh, what would otherwise be a crazy situation. So who's your main audience when you guys were putting this series together? Well, you know, there's a, besides a, oil rig workers, <laughs> <laughs> there are people who have been doing studies. They started with a great adventure. So yeah. they're Catholics who do Bible studies in small groups. So that, that's kind of like the core audience, but really we designed this series to be really flexible. And so people can watch this on their own now because of streaming access. They can just read the book. This is a great book, really, mm -hmm. to give away to your neighbor who wants to know more about the Catholic Church, particularly who, who maybe knows Jesus as a, as a Protestant Christian, but wants to know what, what it is that Catholics believe. So the series is really accessible to lots of different people, whether in as a whole, 
as a group study or as an individual study or as just a book or just a video series. So really, that's kind of the way we we designed it to be functional for lots of different people and hit a wide audience. Yeah. So that builds on the Jesus way, the truth and life, because I took that book with me to the Holy Land. And uh, it was so uh, I've never been to the Holy Land before. And so I had everyone on our trip buy that book so that and, and have it read before time so we could keep it spiritual. So what what is what do you think is the the principal goal of this series? Like if someone starts from beginning to end, what is there? What's the tell us? What's the end game? The tell us is uh, an excitement and a new insight into what it means to be a Catholic Christian and a desire to pursue God as a disciple, but as a disciple with the church, uh, as a disciple, not, not just me and Jesus, because, you know, Jesus didn't just call one person. He called a group of people who became then uh, a community, the nucleus of the church. And, and so anyway, we follow Jesus together and we follow him to the end and we follow him to the cross and through the cross to glory. I mean, that we want to get, get people understanding that this journey, being a Catholic doesn't mean just fulfilling the, the weekly requirements, going in and getting your, your time card punched at Sunday Mass, you know, and just kind of marking time, just kind of just trying to st- manage to slightly stay in the state of grace. And, and so that when you die, you you go go to heaven after a lengthy stay in purgatory. You know, the whole point isn't that. The whole point is becoming a saint. The whole point is following him and bringing lots of other people with you into the communion of the church to glory. But anyway, that that's kind of the, the goal is holiness. Honestly, I mean, what else is there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what else is there? But, uh, but an exciting life of an adventure of discipleship together with the body of Christ, both the church militant and the church suffering and the church triumphant in heaven. That's kind of the idea of, of this series. Yeah, I, I love it because we talk about this constantly. Gomer and I talk about this all the time that it seems like people are really having to choose. Like, do you proclaim the charisma or do we teach the faith? And and we've always said, like, you can't choose that. You can't do that. It's not it's crazy. possible. You have to teach, you know, the romance of Jesus Christ within the context of dogma and the, and the teachings of the faith. And I think that's what I love about this series is that it doesn't choose, right? We're not choosing. And it doesn't go segment to segment. It, it teaches the fullness of the face of Christ throughout the whole thing. That word fullness is a key because uh, people never really think about this. Catholic is kind of used now, and it has been right. for a while, as, as a, you know, identity to distinguish ourselves from Protestants, okay? Right, right. <laughs> but the word Catholic yeah. means, it comes from the word whole. You can see it right there. Kata means according to, and holos whole in Greek. So it it really means holistic, comprehensive fullness. And you know, you see this really, there's another word in scripture for fullness that is related to it, but it's used a lot, you know, the fullness of Christ, the whole gospel, you know, this is the idea, the whole gospel for the whole world, the fullness of the inheritance. That's really what Catholic means. So that's kind of what we're trying to get across, get people thinking about what that means. And then, you know, Jesus series, really helped us to establish a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The focus was the humanity of Christ and his divinity shining through that and, and, and really focusing on that. And in this series, we got to get to know the Father. And there's a lot of people who really don't have a, a, a relationship with God as Father, and that's very important. And many right. people, for the for many people, the Holy Spirit is kind of like you know the ghost. You know the Holy right. Ghost. We used to call yeah. him the Holy Ghost a lot in English. Yeah. Now it's we call him the Holy Spirit. But he's just kind of like this. 
you know, we think of the dove and it's kind of hard to have a really warm feeling about a dove, you know? I mean, they're pretty and everything, but- I have tried. <laughs> yeah, really. So, like, we need to develop a relationship with the Father and the Spirit. And and believe it or not, you know, Catholic really is about personal relationship with Jesus. Then Jesus leads us to the Father. He leads us to the Spirit. Of course, he shares his mother with us. He shares his body with us, Eucharistically, and the church with us. So that's kind of the way this series develops, you know. It's we're following the creed like the catechism does, but the creed is really about the three persons, and right. everything in the Catholic inheritance has to do with relationship with these three persons and living that out. And the second part of, of the series is all about practical ways, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, to live out this vital relationship, this beautiful adventure. Oh, that is awesome. One yeah. of the things that I despise in how so many RCIA type classes present the faith is these are a series of doctrines to be believed and that's it, right? Like obviously they say go to mass and be a good person and blah, blah, blah. But the emphasis is so much on, and and you know, I'm a theology nerd, but the emphasis, it, it, when we put the emphasis only on doctrine, we end up seeing Christianity as just a worldview and a list of beliefs. And so it's this constant reassertion of the kerygma that maintains the beliefs within the sphere of the one that we believe in. You know, we don't just uh, submit to propositions, but a person ultimately. And these propositions are the truth about that person, but it's it's about to get access to the the person, the real person of Jesus Christ. Just last night, I was teaching at a, a church on the other side of Houston, and um, it was a great crowd. All these mixed groups of you know adults, parents, kids. Uh, a, one random lady who saw a flyer and called me at my office to demand my credentials and then showed up 45 minutes early to the event. It. it was, it was interesting. Uh, but it was a great group of people and they were all the like faith formation at this church. And I gave a talk on prayer and the opening line is great. is the mystery of faith. And then it lays out like, you know, we believe it in the creed. We celebrate it in the sacraments. We live it in our ordinary, you know, moral choices and daily life. But if Christianity is a personal relationship with Christ, then prayer is the means of that relationship. And you just start thinking like, yeah, like a lot of us have a really terrible prayer life because a lot of us have a really terrible relationship with Christ. And we don't see how the the teaching about the, you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh nativity affects like my love with Christ, right? And then that affects my prayer with Christ. So bringing things together, belief, charisma, like what he did, what we believe about who he is and what he did and how that affects my life. Every presentation needs to be that right. Constantly. Right. And, uh, and y'all just nailed it out of the ballpark. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. What we believe is really who in whom we believe. Yeah. So, you know, that's really kind of the key focus, but yeah, prayer, we do a lot on prayer in this study and, and this, and it's not just, uh, ideas, you know, great yeah. lofty ideas about prayer, but it's real practical suggestions on how busy people like all of us, the three of us here, how can we deepen our prayer life in the midst of everyday activity? So like basically, you know, that's some of the stuff that's in here. I think everybody, no matter where they're at in their Christian life, everybody who reads the book, who, who goes through this series, will get some practical ideas how in prayer, a deepen relationship, in fasting, how to find new discipline 
discipline that leads to strength. The whole point of discipline is to build strength. And so like, uh, you know, we do every Lent, we do this, this big thing. And a lot of times people think about giving up something for Lent. It's kind of like denying myself something. But, you know, really... Lent is like the church's spring training, and and all throughout the year we're really doing Lent more intensely. What we should be doing throughout yeah. the year, and training is is not about to inflict pain on yourself. It's it's to enable yourself to be stronger. It's to build yeah. muscle that now gives you more freedom. So anyway, we talk about that. We try to like recalibrate people's understanding on what discipline is about and fasting and kind of expand fasting to, to, to other kinds of discipline, like discipline with consumption of media, for example, you know? Um, and, and we talk about almsgiving and we try to expand that into mercy and talk about the life of mercy and, and how that makes us like God and enables God's love to, 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 to come and stream through us to transform the world. So like, you know, there's a lot of real practical stuff in here besides insight. I think there's insight and I think insight it's really important. We talked about the fact that it's not all about propositions, but our minds really were meant to know more and yeah. understand more. Even though the mystery of faith is a mystery and we can never get to the bottom of it, we can be growing an understanding forever. And that understanding energizes and inspires us. So like we do in this series, seek to enlighten and inspire, but also to direct really practically. And I think that's the key. If you don't give someone something in a study that they can walk away with and really implement in their lives, I think you know definitely you're falling short. So we wanted to not do that. We wanted to really make this a, a, a life-changing study. Yeah, I love it. The, you know, it's like uh, in the gospel so early did the disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray, right? I mean, it wasn't yeah. just teach us who you are. It was teach us to pray because they knew. They knew it had to be a whole thing. You, you know, it's amazing. You know, Jesus actually, and they prayed together. You know, this is one of the things I brought out in the Jesus study. The gospels kind of presume, you know, the background and most of us don't, but Jews, Jewish men prayed together right. uh, three, three to five times a day. And, and so it, it was just something that had to be done. They did it. And so, you know, when they asked Jesus to pray, they were asking him, I want to go deeper. Uh, I know we pray together, but I want to know when you go away in the evening and leave us and go into the mountains, like, what are you doing? The, your relationship with the Father, we want that intimate relationship that you have. And and so, you know, it's all about like a progression of dynamism. We're never done. And that's really key idea. We're never there in this life. There's always more, which is kind of exciting. Because yeah, you can yeah. never really get bored as a Catholic Christian. There's a there's a depth and a richness and a dynamism, and and that's you know part of it. You know, uh, to get back to what Gomer said earlier, you know, um, part of what we try to do here is really again readjust our mentality when it comes to believe. What is faith? And honestly, for the last few hundred years in the Catholic community in the Western world, there's been an emphasis, an overemphasis on just intellectual understanding, right? And this is part of our, uh, you know, inability to communicate with our Protestant brethren, because um, for Paul and for John in the New Testament, and for, I would say, a lot of Protestants, you know, um, uh, the idea of faith really involves more than just understanding. Right. If you really look biblically at the idea of faith, it, it really means a dynamic movement into God, into Christ, yeah. through Christ to the Father. It's a dynamic movement. It, you believe not just in, in the sense of an idea. You believe into 
You believe towards. That's really what the New Testament says and how it works out in Greek and in Latin. You know, in English, we just have, it doesn't it come across very well. But anyway, we try to get that across in this book. Before we start talking about what we, what we believe, we talk about what does it mean to believe? And we talk about this dynamism. And honestly, this comes right out of scripture and the latest papal teaching on faith, which is what was started by Pope Benedict mm. and finished by Pope Francis. What uh, this beautiful, yeah. the light of faith encyclical. Uh, anybody can read it. It's a magnificent spiritual journey to read that. You know, I recommend that to everyone, but we try to get the essence of that in this book and in a way that everyone can access and understand this rich idea. What is it? What does it mean to believe? Yeah. Yeah. And faith is, you know, the, the lived relationship that we have with our Lord and savior. Right. And the moment we like in the prayer thing, I told the kids, I said, imagine you treat your boyfriend or girlfriend or parents, if you treat your husband or wife, the way you communicate with God, the way you treat <laughs> God. It's like, you never talk to him until everything has fallen apart. Yes. You're only asking for stuff and you get mad when you don't get the stuff that you asked for. <laughs> then you a bunch of parents are like staring at the floor like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what, what would your spouse or, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend, what would they think about you if that's the only way you related? And yet when we look up to God and we have all this rich treasury of prayer and fasting and like all these things that the church has given us and we're not making use of them, it's like, yeah, it's no wonder we, I feel cold and bored when it comes to my faith, right? And then we look at the doctrines of the faith and then we become, you know, like, okay, whatever. That seems a little far-fetched until you light that fire in their heart. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, the, the apathy is gone. They want to know the story more, right? They want to know Christ more. They want to know the details. Like once you fall in love, you want to know everything about that person. Exactly. Uh, unless it's me and my by, wife. By the way, like, you know, the, the, the tipping of the scales to the more intellectual side of the faith, like, as you mentioned for the last 200 years, did us nothing, right? I mean, intellectually, even you'd think all the eggs in that basket would have helped, but actually it moved us further away. You know, when theologians got off their knees, then they went crazy. I mean, absolutely. You know, the state of theology in universities, it's a especially, especially Dr. Italy himself. <laughs> Just went crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about professors such as yourself, because you know, everyone who encounters you knows that Jesus Christ is the center of your life, right? And that's the thing, like when I was uh, at Franciscan, seeing professors in the Adoration Chapel what made me take their classes 10 times more seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yep. like for me, it's hard to be this uh, dis totally disheveled wreck of a human being and lecturing on Aristotle's The Virtuous Life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. But it's another to like to have a strong, stable prayer life which took me years to get, even as an adult, like I was like, yeah, but I don't feel like praying, you know, or I don't, I don't feel like reading scripture. And then, but to actually develop a practice of daily prayer and seeing how, and weekly fasting and seeing how all of that makes what we believe come alive, it's irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable yeah. because Christianity is a way. It's not just the teaching. Exactly. I just I, have to say something about, if you don't mind, Dave, me, yeah. me saying something about, yeah. about us as presenters, myself, Andrew Swafford, who's also a professor at Benedictine, and his wife, Sarah. We're really not 
the intellectual types in terms of our <laughs> temperament. Like Andrew, you, he looks like a movie star. Look at him. You know, yeah, like, yeah. No, he, he, he was, he was a like football player. Your family player. doesn't all look like movie stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, My point. family. Fortunately, yeah. they don't look like me. You see how Dave couched that language? <laughs> oh, and like uh, your family. It's like a family anyway, Christmas picture. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, no uh, kidding. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the crazy thing is that, that Andrew's a football player and the Lord captures his heart. Yeah. You know, Sarah's like the, the quintessential cheerleader, the Lord captures her heart. <laughs> I was a, I, I was the bass player in a rock band. The Lord captures my heart, and so we're we're all like I I had B's, C's, and F's in high school. Like the idea of me going to college even was like revolting and crazy and and all that. So anyway, the Lord takes us, and we were disciples first. Yeah, and and we became. Uh, presenters, you know, because of uh, of of discipleship, and so anyway, uh, that helps a lot. I think, um, yeah. just in terms of the style and the accessibility of the teaching in in this series, is that where that's where we came from, yeah. and you know, and and, and um, fortunately, we both Andrew and I have wives that help keep us there. You know, they kind of let us know when we're drifting into la la, uh, you know, intellectual cerebral land or something, and they keep us practical. So that's uh, a a great blessing. Yeah, that is so awesome because the world of academia uh, often undoes the very thing it's set up to do, which is to help people learn. And it creates these artificial structures and the institutions of, of higher learning. Just they're going off the rails for whatever reason, but the men and women who encounter Christ and from the place, uh, like, I like how you said that from the place of discipleship, pursue theology pursue you know uh professorships and stuff like that which they you know saint thomas aquinas had to defend you know monks and the mendicant orders entering into these these roles when i want to learn something i want to learn something by the person who is the most on fire who is also the best practitioner we get that in the trades in terms of practitioners and professional quality but academia, the reason why it's like oh that sounds so academic and abstract is because it's easy to talk about a subject without living that subject. But Christianity, like Dave said, right? You can't do theology except but on your knees, right? The the theology is the person of Jesus Christ, right? And uh, applied to human reason and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I think we have an opportunity with you and Dr. Andrew and uh, Sarah to really have not just rock star presenters in terms of, well, the most famous people are going to say these things, but people who are actually positioned to to preach the gospel, which is those who are living it, right? And I love it. And you can articulate it. That's why I think God calls certain disciples into philosophy and theology, because he wants people, he wants disciples who can articulate it, right? You know, so, because many people don't understand, like, why is monothelitism a heresy, you know? But when you get down and explain, he didn't redeem what he didn't assume, and he took on a human will, and like all of these things... It makes the gospel make sense. It right. it truly right. does. It un, yeah. it opens up the heart of it's Christ. It's not a fairy tale anymore, right? It ain't no fairy tale, right? Amen. And it's not remote from human experience. You know, we all struggle with our wills <laughs> to know that right. that Jesus want you know wanted uh, and desired um, life and and the goods that we desire, right. and and yet completely made His will submit to the to the divine will, His own divine will, which is His Father's will. You know, I mean, somehow it it makes it possible to relate to Jesus a little bit more than we would just think of Him as as the Emperor on the throne, who you know just unrelatable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Was there anything that you were recording any segment or um, part of the series that kind of stands out to you the most? Well, in terms of writing, the, the chapter on the Holy Spirit, you know, Andrew and I kind of divvied up the book and kind of the material, and we, we collaborated with each other and edited each other's work. I wrote the chapter on the Holy Spirit, and um, I think it's a really, really important chapter, and it really, it's incredible for me. Like, I actually felt like I came closer to him and uh, understood him more in writing mm. this uh, the, the, these chapters on him, uh, so that that's that means a lot to me. The section on the spirit, and uh, also trying to explain what tradition is, because that's such a central concept. So that's early on in the book and in the series. Yeah. But you know, tradition is not just a bunch of practices and ideas we pass on. It's a process and a content. The process is osmosis, really. It's a living in a community where you pick up stuff that you can't really put into words sometimes. You certainly can't put it into writing. And as important as scripture is, it's limited by the fact that it's writing. I mean, that's part of its strength is its stability and it's and right. we can constantly go back to it. But on yeah. the other hand, we have emojis because you know we need little smiley faces because because <laughs> in writing you can't express emotion. Um, yeah. But tradition really carries all that. It carries a way of looking at things. It carries uh, feelings. It carries attitudes, yeah. and it transmits those to the next generation. And fortunately, we have a guaranteed guard that what the tradition we receive actually came from Christ and is uninterrupted. And that is a succession of bishops, apostolic succession. And, you know, anyway, uh, that the idea of the church as family and passing on a family inheritance, which is tradition, that's really a key concept, you know, of this book. And, and I'm really excited that we got that. I think we got that across and we went to the family, the center of the family home, Rome, um, to help get that across, you know, that heritage of 2,000 years, everything from Peter and Paul all the way to John Paul II, you know, um, our, you know, latest saint from Rome, you know, uh, to try to get that all across visually in beauty. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things about this series is it's really, a, truth is very, very important, but the other side of truth, it's not something different than, it's just a, another way of, of viewing the truth is beauty. And that it, that is, it, it, it leads, it attracts and leads us to a sense of awe. And uh, even the, the the way in which the various doctrines fit together yeah. is like a cathedral. It's beautiful. It's the interrelationship of all the truths of the faith is something that is astonishing. And, and, and anyway, we try to get that across through the architecture of Rome, everything from the ruins underneath San Clemente that go back to the first century to the magnificence yeah. of the Gothic uh, church uh, where St. Catherine of Siena is buried. And then to, of course, St. Peter's, the Baroque masterpiece, you know? So, you know, we, we try to kind of uh, get that visual across uh, to help us understand the beauty of the faith. Yeah, that's so awesome. I, I feel across the board that the last five or 10 years, beauty has, uh, the Catholic Church in America, at least with her publications and stuff, we've upped the game when it comes to beauty. Like, we've, we've clearly made that a priority. Um that art, artwork, design, beauty in, in how people are writing the actual things, connecting truths together, I think it's become a new priority. Whereas I think at one point we were trying to get a volume of content and categories out there. Now it seems like, you know, we're, we're slowing down and we're realizing, yeah, no, we, we do need to, we can't just say, well, this is what the church teaches or e even paint it, uh, paint it with clarity. 
um, beauty is its own uh, reward, right? It's its own. It's its own excuse for its own being, right? Beauty for beauty's sake, right? And we want because it is, as Plato said, the splendor of truth, right? So making things, taking the time to craft a beautiful message, is worth it. It is so very worth it, especially. And to me, honestly, the world's getting uglier and uglier. <laughs> yep. The yeah. more it becomes, the, like you get this transhumanist movement. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the the things that I'm discovering around it um, when I'm just reading their own writings and stuff is like right. ugliness as a virtue. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like the Marxists did with their brutalist architecture and all that stuff. It, it's And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you do that. And we'll work with beauty and we'll see who wins. Right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I've, I've been reading like a bunch of, I've been like a major Von Balthasar hole and he has such a strange style of theology. And yeah. It's hard to understand until you realize like a lot of it was as far as method goes, like a judgment on the manualists, you know, that it was right. like he didn't want to just have the lists. He wanted to show the romance of, right. of the Catholic faith. And it's it 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 is very difficult to understand until you realize that's kind of the key to to a lot of what he's what he writes, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, since uh, you brought it up, dare we hope? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, <don't even. laughs> hey, I was gonna throw this out since you brought it up, Dave. And that is, if, if someone really wants to, to get into the beauty of Von Balthasar without uh, really uh, straining their brain too much, two works, magnificent works. One is Heart of the World, Meditation on the Sacred yeah. Heart. It's incredible. I and the other it. is The Threefold Garland, the yes. best work I've ever read on the rosary. And, and both of those are really accessible and they're very prayerful to read. So just a recommendation to anybody who would like uh, to, to, you know, von Balthasar. I, yeah. I tried. I, I tried to bring in von Balthasar's uh, insights into into the way I'm writing. Jesus, I can and, tell, and, and this tell. without without like the headiness and you right. know the presupposition <laughs> of knowing philosophy and knowing you know, everything. You know, so yeah. I, I just I think like he's such an important figure right now because whether we realize it or not, there's a, as much as the Arian heresy or any of the you know original heresies. There's an attack on the the humanity of Jesus Christ and you know even if it's a, an attack on the family if it's through pornography it's through tra right. transgenderism all this th that is an attack on on the flesh right and and Christ on took humanity. the flesh and redeemed it and That's right. I think Von Balser is so important because he extends his right I mean he kind of hints at the fact that the incarnation isn't complete until the Eucharist right and we know that the Eucharist is what's going to save the world like we have to. Yeah. We have to rally around that and show the the glory of God in that tiny white host. You know, that's what's going to save us all. Amen. Anyways, that's a tire. It's almost like we need a Eucharistic revival. And with that segue, <laughs> we'll be right back after hearing these brief messages from Ascension Press. Uh, reminder to everyone, text EKSB to 33777. That'll get you on our mailing list. So you can stay tuned to the wild ride that is me and Dave's, you know, project called EKSB. All right, we'll be right back. The most important person ever to walk the face of the earth. The source and summit of all things Catholic. But do we really know him? Hi, I'm Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio, sometimes known as Dr. Italy. For 30 years, I've taught about Jesus in Catholic university classrooms, on TV, and on radio. And I've been surprised at how Catholics, fascinated with so many of the unique features of the rich Catholic tradition, seem to take for granted the very basis of it all. 
the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Some other Catholic Bible teachers I know have noticed the very same problem. So Jeff Cavins, Dr. Edward Sree, and I decided to collaborate on a groundbreaking study that would focus simply on the life and teaching of Jesus Christ, filmed on location in the land where it all happened. Those who take this journey with us will learn amazing new things about the gospel stories they thought they knew so well, about his family, his friends, his enemies, his miracles. But even more importantly, they will come to know Jesus in a new and astonishing way that will make a surprising difference in their everyday lives. This study, Jesus, The Way, The Truth, and The Life, helps you learn with all your senses. The videos filmed on site in the Holy Land will change the way you visualize the gospel stories. The study guide includes gorgeous images, provocative quotes, illuminating maps, and challenging questions. The book that accompanies the study will have you riveted all the way to the end. Order the study pack now at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus and get immediate at-home access to the videos and the study guide while the printed components are shipped to you. Again, you can order Jesus the Way, the Truth, and the Life at ascensionpress.com forward slash Jesus. You'll be glad you did. Your life will never be the same. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we uh, want to wrap up today. Uh, Dr. Italy, you do so much for the church. You do pilgrimages. You do all this good stuff. Uh, where can people find you uh, online if they want to learn more, get in, get in touch with you? Yeah. Well, my website is dritaly, okay, dritaly.com. Real easy to find it, but it's chock full of things that people won't find on other sites, like excerpts from the fathers of the church that'll really short knock your socks off. You can find them topically arranged. You know, what did Augustine teach on the Eucharist? You, you search on that and man, you got some great uh, stuff. The, the best the best little excerpts, little gems. So there's a lot of great stuff uh, there. And I encourage people to come and sign up for my email list and find out about my pilgrimages. And you can find out about stuff that I'm doing too. Um, you know, all different projects that, that are past, present, and future. So yeah, come to dritaly.com. And one easy way to get on the email list is just text me at 33777. That's 33777. And the message is D-R-I-T-A-L-Y, Dr. Italy, with no space. Oh, and if clever. That, I see what's yeah, going on here. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. His, his, uh, his website's a great uh, church worker hack. Um, I know, like, anytime <laughs> you're presenting on something, I used to go and steal everything I could on whatever topic I was presenting on that. That and the Catholic Encyclopedia used to be kind of my go-to. So those oh, are yeah. Great. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What a yeah. great resource. So, uh DrItaly.com for for folks to check out and uh, and then for um, Ascension Press this program that we've been talking about is what we believe the beauty of the Catholic faith uh, presented by you and Andrew and Sarah Swafford we'll have links to everything in the show notes for everyone um, to go and find you can head over to ascensionpress.com slash what we believe and I'll take you right to it um, it is again it is an excellent resource it is beautiful yeah. it is really well done. And it's been really helpful. I, I see this as a really key to filling in the niche where people are underserved in RCIA. And this is going to, this right. is going to save souls, right? That's what we want to do here. And so you're just building up 
you're building up the church with this exact type of stuff. And uh, so thank you so much for that. Hey, you're welcome. And going one, one thing just came to my mind. Yeah. The Catechism in the Year podcast, this is a great accompaniment to it. it it's not a line by line study of the Catechism, but it really fits in. It, it really is the mm. themes of the Catechism. So right. think about that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, my wife is doing the Catechism in the Year and I watch her do it. Uh, I just, I'm like, yeah, sure wish I had the, uh, ability to stay focused like you do, Shannon. I'd already be a week behind and it's day 12. Um, but she's been doing it and she loves it. And she's a theology. She was a catechetics grad student. And, um, so one of the things that it's led to immediately is bigger conversations with our family about what we believe. And so yeah. stuff like this, like just to have resources that you can then be like, hey, kids, here's something that, sure, you might not get 100% of it because you're, you know, nine, but you're going to, you'll get 100% of the beauty. And that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. So thank you so much for creating this series. And uh, you got anything, uh, any insights into what you're doing in the future? Any, any sneak Well, it's kind of top secret, but uh, I'm kind of doing some some work uh, this year on on Mary, our relationship with her and yes. and the rosary and the richness of the rosary. So nice. um, that's kind of some research I'm awesome. doing right now. Awesome. Nice, beautiful. Well, wait. thank you so much for coming on. You're most welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> As always, if you have any questions, email us at eksb at ascensionpress.com. We love to hear from what you're doing out there in the in the mission field. God bless you all. All right. Adios. <laughs>